Guys, can we give the Lord a praise offering just because we can? Hallelujah. Woo, I don't know about you, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord together. If you would agree with me, say amen. amen. If you would agree with me, say amen. amen. What a good day it is. I tell you, Tammy and I were on the way to church this morning, and I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, it's December 20th already. And uh, it's like 20 days have gone by. It's like uh, we're, we're pushing into celebrating the birth of Jesus. It all feels so rushed. I want it to just slow down. And I want us not to miss in these last five days to make a significant uh, uh, appeal to the heavenlies, to just say, Lord, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're great. When we sang that song, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, you have done great things for us. How many of you would agree that God has done great things for us? Amen? And, and it doesn't matter what's going on around us. He never changes. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and he'll be this way forever. Hallelujah. What an amazing God we serve. So I am super excited today to preach a message that I hope will help you to focus, capture your hearts for this uh, 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 next five days to really, really just See how amazing our God is and everything that he's done for us. I want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, and I'm glad I got to say it in person and not in, in an email or, or some video form. But for those who are watching us today, Merry Christmas to you. We're so glad that you're with us. And I just believe God has a great message for us. My message today, as Betty was talking about, is entitled A Kiss from Heaven. You'll uh, get to see in a moment here why I called it that. And uh, I'm really excited. Excited to bring this to you today. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And when you got it, say, I'm there. Turn with me on your iPhones, your iPads, your uh, whatever device you have the Bible on. As you all know, I like my Bible just like this because mm, I love to smell the pages of it. It just smells so good. Amen. How many of you, when you were kids, those ads would come through with all the toys in them? All the other kids were looking about how cool they were. I was going, oh, God, this just smells so good. I know, Millie, I can't help it. You know I'm not normal, so that shouldn't surprise you in the least. <laughs> So, but we want to we be able to look into the Word of God today because he's got such a rich message for us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, the first verse, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. In verse 4 it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. She was pregnant with Jesus. Amen. You know, sometimes I, I, I just want to ask myself, what are you pregnant with? 
And you say, dude, you're a guy. I mean, what do you mean? What are you pregnant with? Well, listen, I believe that God plants a seed inside each of us that he wants us to incubate and to prepare and to watch over and to work and to see something get birth from what he has put inside of us. And in verse 6, it says, so it was that while they were there, these days were completed for her to be delivered. So she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And in verse 8, it says, now there were in the same night uh, country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, everybody say, and behold. behold. Every time we read and, and behold, you know what I always say, man, something amazing is going to come after that. It's like a declaration statement, and behold. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you just visualize for a moment what it was like to be in that moment. You're having an angelic connection and, and God is just displaying his glory. The only thing I could think of is one night when I was at Rockwell working third trick, I was out and out of nowhere came the Aurora Borealis. Have any of you ever had the opportunity to see that? It is so amazing, it's almost freaky. I mean, it's so awe-inspiring, it takes your breath away. And I can imagine that this was happening to the shepherds. And uh, it says they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to how many people? To all people. Father, I just thank and praise you today for this message. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to talk about you, to be able to encourage people through you, and to be able to share uh, something that will help us in these next five days to stay focused, no matter what's going on around us, to the awesomeness of what's transpiring in this season. For unto us a child was born, Unto us a son was given, the son of, the, of the, the most high God, and we thank you for that. Father, I just pray that we would not lose sight of the amazingness of this season. And so, Father, I just pray today as we move forward that you would captivate our hearts with the greatness of what took place when Jesus came to the earth. And, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 10 says this. And this is when what, what verse 10 told us. It said, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Isn't it interesting that the first thing the angel talked about when he, he talked about what was going to be transpiring in them, that there was going to be a joy that was going to come to the earth. How many of you today would say, Pastor, I need more joy, amen? Well, listen, if you want more joy, all you got to do is get more Jesus. Because you're not going to find the joy that I'm talking about here in any other source other than Jesus. And so... I believe in verse 10 is when heaven came and kissed the earth. I use the word kiss in the title today because it has a specific meaning that is relevant to today's message. 
my wife came to me a couple days ago and she said, have you actually looked up the definition of kiss? And I said, no, because I was just going to roll with it because uh, she goes, no, no, no. You have to look up what the definition of kiss means. You're going to be really glad to see what this definition is because I know it's going to go with your message. The definition of kiss is this. It's an expression of affection. It's an expression of love, an expression of passion, and an, and an expression of a touch. In God's greatest affection for his people, for his passion to see that none would perish, he reached out to the earth with his son so that he could touch all of us. See, God wanted his son to come so that we could see him, we could hear him, we could feel him, we could know him. And it would be a personal experience when he encountered the earth. It's interesting, when the Apostle Paul wrote his, in his letter to Ephesus, he spoke these words to them that would help them to better understand the love that God had for them. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And in verse 14, we see this. The Apostle Paul wrote, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit, in the inner man. Now listen to what verse 17 is saying. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. In other words, that you would know that God encompasses every thing and everywhere around us and in the space that God is there is love and he wants us to understand that and in verse 19 he says to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God what is he saying there what is he saying well in verse 18 he uses the word comprehend and I want you to understand this. The word comprehend there means this. It means to receive experientially. To receive experientially, not just to know intellectually. See, there was something going on here that was so tangible that he didn't want you just to read it in a book so that you could pass a, a test, write the correct answer. No. See, he wanted you to experience this love so that when you comprehend it, that there's something that happens in your heart. There's a depth of understanding. There's a knowing in your knower that God is real. Amen? How many of you have had an encounter with God where you know this God is real, he's alive, because you have experienced him? There's uh, too much of the body of Christ that knows God intellectually, but they don't know him through experience or through encounter. And I got good news for you today. God wants to encounter his kids with his love so that you will know how amazing he is. And so when he talks in, in, in verse 18 to comprehend, he wants you to know that you have something to receive that is going to be an experience for you. 
in verse 19, he uses the phrase, all the fullness of God. So he wants you to comprehend an experience, and he wants you to know this, that there is more than one experience or more than one aspect of God's truth or power. See, that's why we need a daily walk with God. That's why we need to daily be in his word, daily connected with him, because what he has is not a one-time thing, amen? He's got whatever uh, you need for that moment. And it's not about just what you need. It's about what he wants to be in you. Amen? How many of you just love the days when you be with God and you encounter him in a special way that had nothing to do with what you needed or what you wanted or, or any other thing? God just was God. And see, when you begin to know this, this baby that was born, this child that, that became a savior, you begin to see that there's more than one experience that God wants you to have. He wants you to understand every aspect of his truth. That's why the Bible says it's by truth you are set free. Because when you know who God is, there is a freedom that rests in your heart and a peace that comes to your spirit. You know, we needed a peace over these last nine months or so, amen? Would you agree with me? And listen, I believe the church is finding God in, in this hour like they've never seen him before. I'm seeing in people's eyes that there has been a connector between them and God that has walked them through the, the deepest and toughest times of these past nine months. Verse 19, when it talks about the fullness of God, it speaks to walking in all of God's blessings, all of his resources, and all of his wisdom. The Apostle Paul was saying, oh, if you could just grasp how much God loves you, if you could just know how much that he wants to love you, you'd have a better understanding of why he kissed the earth with the birth of his son. Paul wanted the church in Ephesus not to just have an intellectual knowledge, but he wanted them to have the, this love, but rather he wanted them to have an encounter and an experience that they could know this kiss from heaven, this affection that God has for you, this love that he wants to share, this passion. How many of you have uh, uh, not had the chance to look to God and feel his passion? He has a passion for his children. That's why the scripture says it's his heart that none should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of who Christ is. This affection, this love, this passion, this touch is amazing. You know, we see that when the angels came to announce this great event, they said that this kiss from heaven would bring joy. How did you happen to fall in? 
I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You what? To save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Where do you come from? Heaven. I had to work quickly. That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you'd try to save me. You see, you did. And that's how I saved you. Uh, uh, very funny. Your lip's bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. What are you, a mind reader or something? <laughs> well, who are you then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2, what, what, what's that, AS2? Angel, second class. <laughs> Cheerio, my good man. you say just a minute ago? Why'd you want to save me? That's what I was sent down for. I'm your guardian angel. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money. Eight thousand dollars. Yeah, now, think, just things like that. How do you know that? I told you I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. Well, you look about like the kind of an angel I'd get. <laughs> sort of a fallen angel, aren't you? What happened to your wings? I haven't worn my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Uh, I don't know whether I like it very much being seen around an angel without any wings. Oh, I've got to earn them. And you'll help me, won't you? Sure, sure. How? By letting me help you. Wow, that's what this season does, man. It comes into our hearts, and no matter what's happening in our lives, man, this time is here to not only touch us, but to help us, to strengthen us and to encourage us, to reinvigorate us. You know, there's a lot of people that say, you know what, uh, I, I don't believe in, in Christmas being December 25th. I don't believe Jesus was born there. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. Well, just slow down a minute and just receive it for what it is. I believe that December 25th is a great time to celebrate the birth of Jesus because I believe it helps us to create an excitement and a focus for the new year ahead of us. Now, how many of you are here today that you're hoping 2021 is just a little different than 2020? Could I get an amen? Amen. That's all good and everything, but I don't want you to miss the great things that God has done this year as well. Listen, maybe Clarence should have declared to the guy, like the, the uh, shepherds that, uh, or the angels that spoke to the people when they came to them. It was all inspiring. Maybe he should have told that guy, hey, fear not, okay? Fear not, because even though I'm an angel, you don't have to fear me. 
There's three passages that we see where the angels came and announced Jesus' birth, and they had a central theme. And God used these angels to announce what was about to happen, what was about to be available and come to all people. This is what the angels said to the shepherd in Luke 2, 9 and 10. And we read this already, but let me read it again. In verse 9 it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then this angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You know, I hear so many people that talk about, well, God's not for me, or, or God doesn't love me, or how, how could God overlook the things that I've done? Because if you are an all people, everybody look at your neighbor and say, are you all people? That means, that means that this is for you. That means that God is for you. And this angel was declaring that. He was saying, and, and the same thing that we say in an evangelistic sense, because the good news talks about evangelism. And he, the angel, was evangelizing for the things of heaven. And he was saying to them, don't be afraid, I've got good news. Listen, this is what we should be focusing on, not the 7 o'clock news. Because this good news with, brings great joy, it's for all of us. And that's what they told the shepherds in the field. In Luke 1, 9 through 19, this is what the angel said to Zacharias said uh, that this child that he would have, that uh, he would come and he would bring you joy and he would bring good news. In verse 9 it says, According to the custom of the priesthood, this lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side, of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear came upon him. Now the angel's going to be a little bit like Clarence was there. He's going to be that way to Zacharias. In verse 13 he said, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. See, this is the time when Zacharias could have looked at the angel and said, Hey, how do you know all that stuff about me? What's going on here? Who are you? What, what's this all about? He could have did his best Jimmy Stewart impression, probably even a little better than mine. But the angel was telling him things because when heaven kisses earth, there's something that happens in a supernatural sense that moves us to a better place. It moves us in a, in a different direction. It grabs hold of us and, and allows us to begin to focus. And verse 14 says, And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. She was carrying John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's purpose was to declare the way of the Lord, to declare in the wilderness that repentance is the way to find Jesus. And, and he's telling Zacharias that your son is going to be famous. Your son is not only going to bring you joy, but he's going to bring joy to those who walk on the pathway that he, he garnishes 
for them to find what they're looking for, and that's Jesus. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Yes, it is not wrong for pregnant ladies to lay hands on their stomachs and to pray for their child to receive the Holy Spirit even when they're pregnant. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. What an amazing message that heaven came to Zacharias in his old age and, and the prayer that he spoke apparently was, is, wow, my wife is barren and I'd like her to have a child. And now the angel comes at their old age to do and to speak what heaven is going to bring to them. A kiss from heaven brought them something so amazing that it was something that could never be done on their own. See, when we connect, when we're kissed, by heaven, when God's affection and his love and his passion come into our lives, we are connected to a power source that each and every day connects us to everything that heaven itself has to offer us. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands how many women uh, over 50 would like to uh, just have a supernatural touch from God to have a baby right now? Let me see. Uh, no, baby, no either for you. Okay, well, I've, uh, I've always told Tammy, I said it would be wonderful to have that kind of connector to God right now because we know it would be uh, a God connection. But this is what he was, the angel was coming to declare that joy would come to Zacharias. Not only to him, but to all of the people that his son touched. Amen? How many of you uh, can just imagine what Elizabeth was like when she started showing at her old age and people were saying, wow, <laughs> wow. How many of you would agree with me that she probably had a great testimony that people were interested in hearing about? Amen? See, so do you. You have a great testimony that when you've been kissed by heaven, when God has touched you in the way he has, you too have that kind of testimony. And we need to allow our lights to shine. In Luke uh, 1, 26 through 30 and verse 37, we see this now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, uh, the angel said to her, rejoice. And listen to what he said. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid because you have found favor with God. 
And that's what I would say to you today. Yeah, this has been a trying year, but don't shrink back. Don't walk in fear because you too have had favor with God. And a couple verses later, it says this. For with God, in verse 37, it says, everybody say this with me. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let's say that again. For with God, nothing will be impossible. God loves us all. All the people, everyone can be touched by a kiss from God. And his favor can be upon us. Let's look at this touch, this expression of affection, this, this love and passion that we see in Acts chapter 3 and see how it changed even a beggar's life forever. In Acts chapter 3, we see, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, they asked for, he asked for alms, fixing his eyes on him with John. Peter said, Look at us. What a neat statement. Peter said, you know, I'm going to tell you maybe what you don't want to hear, but you need to look at me to see what I am going to offer you. You need to pay attention. I don't want you to miss this. Look at me. Look at us. So in verse 5, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. You know, we all need to be. That's exactly what Allison was saying. We have a God that wants to release things to us, but we need to be in a position to receive them. He gave them his attention. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. I know I can see some of you singing. Uh, your heads were doing this, walking and leaping and praising God. And, 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 and what happens was is something happened in his life that totally transformed who he was, what he was. He was not going to be a beggar anymore. He was going to be somebody touched by God who would be that which would praise him. We need to be those who have been touched by God. And we need to do as he has done, leaping and praising God, for he is worthy to be praised. When God touches a life, listen to this, he changes everything, moving us from having an intellectual revelation to us having a personal experience that brings an unspeakable joy. Clarence! Clarence! Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! Please! I want to live again. I want to live again. 
Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu... There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building alone! In jail. Go on home. They're waiting for you. <laughs> Mary! 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 Well, hello, Mr. Bank Examiner. How are you? Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000. George, I've got a little paper. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Reporters, where's Mary? Mary! Oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Mary! Mary! Mary, have you seen my wife? Mary, 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 Mary. Kids, Pete. Oh, oh. Kids, Janie, Janie, Tommy. Oh, oh, I could eat you up. Where's your mother? So we're looking for you. With Uncle she... Billy. Zuzu, Zuzu, my little ginger snap, how do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Hello. George. George, Mary. darling. Where are George, darling. Where are you? Oh, George. Oh, George. 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 Well, come on, George. Come on downstairs. Quick, we're on the way. All right. Come on. Come on in here now. Now you stand right over here by the tree. Right there. And don't move. Don't move. What's happening? Oh, I hear them coming in. They're in here. George. George, Mary did it. She told yeah. some people you were in trouble with it. They scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions. Just said, George, in trouble. Tell me you didn't have to spread like spread. Another run on the bank. Here we are, George. Merry Christmas. There we are. The line farms on the right. Charge it now. 
Everybody all left out of bed. Here's some beautiful. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have a roof over my head if it wasn't for you, George. Just a minute. Just a minute. Quiet, everybody. Quiet. Quiet. Now, get this. It's from London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> And these next five days, 
I want you to celebrate like you've never celebrated before. I want the joy of God to fill you like it's never filled you before. I want your hearts to be so full of knowing that God wants to give you that kiss from heaven. The kiss that came from heaven that Christian morning gave the world good news. That news, that encounter, that kiss we received from heaven only finds its real purpose when we share it with others. You know, Mary shared what George's deal was and everyone came to his rescue. When you get a kiss from heaven, the angels rejoice and your life will never be the same. Well, the truth is, is when the good news touches others, it even brings joy to Jesus' heart. We see that when he sent out the 70, why don't you stand with me? It says in Luke 10, that the 70 returned with joy doing the work of the Lord, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then he said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning for heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on uh, 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 serpents, scorpions, and all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Come on, somebody. Your name, my name, our names are written in heaven. And that's what the joy of this Savior has brought for us. The disciples found joy by touching the lives of other people with the touch that they have received. That's our job now. We've been touched, and now we need to be those who touch others. You know, I just love the fact of this next few scriptures because this is really my mission in life. I want to bring joy to my Savior. I want to, I want to do something so great that it captures his attention. In verse 21, it says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All these things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And who the Father is except the Son and the one to whom the Son reveals him to. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are those eyes which see the things you see. I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. The disciples, their work brought great joy. To Jesus. That's why over these next five days, you need to just take a moment to sit back and to plan on experiencing a touch that's going to bring you a joy that maybe you've never had all year long. That you would realize that it was that one holy night when a kiss from heaven came to the earth. And I'm thankful that I get to celebrate it during the Christmas time.
Let's end our service today by singing my absolute favorite Christmas song. I pray that the spirit of Christmas touches each and every one of you this week and that you and your family are blessed by that touch.